Today on Ag News Daily. The price of propane, as it compares to other fuels, remains very uh, favorable for propane. So you've not had a conversation about your propane demand through the winter, even as a homeowner. Uh, the time The time is now to do that. Well, good morning, Tanner. We are recording bright and early this morning and brought to you by Mystic Lubricants. For a look at their full range of top quality products, visit mysticlubes.com. Tanner, we're recording bright and early before the sun is even up so that you can go hit the harvest pipeline. You're right. And I'm always surprised that when we're up this early and recording this early that there's still news this early in the morning. Oh, but there certainly is. Most of it maybe is from yesterday, later in the day, but we've got news for our listeners. Don't you worry. Yeah, those re- those reporters and the, those seeking out the stories certainly seem to work overtime. Yes, that's true. They're working early mornings and late nights too, Tanner, much, much like farmers that we work with. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, just an hour ago, there was an update coming out of South Korea, uh, Overnight again, well, I guess it was during their day, air raid sirens are sounded. The South Korean island residents have been evacuated and are now in underground shelters after North Korea fired at least 17 missiles and at least one of them landing near rival tents Sealand border. The South Korea military said that they very quickly responded by launching its own missiles at the same sea border. So tensions are back high again as we look at North and South Korea. The North fired an additional six missiles back off of its eastern and western coasts in response to the first retaliation from South Korea. So another another headline catching the news this morning, and we'll see if that escalates into something even more and hopefully doesn't affect our ag markets here in the U.S. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine living that way, though, Tanner, to think that, you know, you never know what's going to happen with your neighbor to the north. Correct. It's a good thing Canadians are nice. They are nice, Tanner. You're right. We love our Canadian listeners, too, and our Canadian friends. But, Tanner, bringing things back here stateside, I failed to mention this the other day, and it's a big piece of news, but alongside the crop harvest progress that we got on Monday, we also saw the first crop ratings for the 2023 winter crop. I shared about where we're at as far as plantings go, but they also shared ratings. The ratings translate into a condition index score. And the score that came out on Monday was the lowest score we've seen in the 35 year plus history of the crop ratings for the week and low by quite some distance. The index score is based on a score of 250 to 400. And the score that came out last week, Tanner, was a 281, lowest in 35 plus years, with only 28% of the U.S. winter wheat crop in good to excellent conditions. By comparison, this time last year, 45% of the U.S. wheat crop was in good to excellent conditions, most notably, Tanner, due to the lingering drought that we're seeing in many of the wheat producing winter wheat producing states but this is not a good way to kick off their season no it's not i was trying to remember what those numbers were because i had seen that article last night and i'm glad glad that you had that right in front of you because it, it did seem like it was 
uh, going to be noteworthy. It's something that our listeners needed to hear. Well, I'm going to take us right back across the seas again and to conversations that China has had locally and reports coming out of the China news stated that possibly U.S. agriculture could be the tie to reduce tensions between them and a war with Taiwan. So China's own military released in their report that stated the U.S. may not have to intervene because they say they are concerned about U.S. sanctions being imposed on agricultural products. They are focused on making sure that they can bring food in from outside of China, said Chris Kuehl, the Armada Corporate Intelligence Chief Economist, that they are continuing to monitor their supply of food for their people. Also, China acknowledged that they are only 20% independent in soybeans, and they also buy 80% of their needs that combines both food for humans and livestock that creates protein. As they continue to grapple with their shortage of uh, country-supplied protein, They also focus on the U.S. for their protein requirements, just like the pork products. So it'll be interesting to follow this, Delaney, to see if our agricultural minister to China can help reduce tensions between them and Taiwan and potentially avoid any military altercation. Well, Tanner, related to that and some other Chinese news, the government is allegedly considering uh, changing their zero COVID policy. Rumors fueled a sharp rally yesterday in their stock market after the index fell to its lowest level since February 2019 on Monday. Things turned around yesterday on Tuesday at this rumor that potentially coming down the pipeline in March of 2023, China would reopen their economy officially. Now, we don't know that this is true. It's just been rumored so far that there is a potentially reopening committee that was established by one of their members of the Chinese official political party, Tanner. Huh. Yeah, that's good to hear. Let's take a moment right here to pause for a message from our sponsor today. Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K-lubes.com. Well, Delaney, the carbon pipelines are back in the news again this morning. We had discussed, oh, it's probably been 60 days or more ago about Navigator CO2 had potential lawsuits looming around trespassing and issues along there. Now, Summit Carbon Solutions has criminal charges against one of their land surveyors for December using last December, potentially trespassing on a Northwest Iowa farm. The pipeline, of course, is to carry carbon dioxide. State law, like we reported the first time, allows land surveys without the threat of a trespassing, surveyors without the threat of a trespassing charge, to be able to go in and survey the route of pipelines that may hold hazardous liquid materials. So the surveys are meant to help with the planning portion of these projects. But right now, the county sheriff who took the report 
says we are on the side of the farmer because we don't know who has been notified and if they were notified property and it is their property. If you've been asked to leave, you are supposed to leave. Otherwise, it is trespassing in the eyes of the law. That's coming from the county sheriff. Criminal charges stem from this attempt to survey farm ground just east of Spirit Lake, Iowa. Jeff Jones, a nephew of the land landowner, is where a majority of this report was coming from. He worries that the pipeline, which will cut about a mile path through the property, will disrupt the drainage tile. Of course, we've had good conversations around these projects. It'll be interesting to see how they shape up and if there is any issues with trespassing or if the company was doing things legally. I saw that piece of news as well. So interesting that they continue to get some of this uh, negative publicity, I would say. I I would agree. Um, I would expect it. If you come into a project like this as a company, I think you'd be short-sighted to not think there would be accusations of trespass. Well, Tanner, Argentina's government may be set to announce measures. Again, rumors today, nothing confirmed, but Argentina's government is rumored to announce a measure soon that would allow wheat exporters to delay agreed shipments after we've seen a major drought impact the Argentinian wheat crop, a source of the country's CEC Grains Export Chamber told Reuters that measures would be released in the coming days to allow firms to reschedule agreed wheat exports without facing the normal 15% fine from authorities. And a government source with direct knowledge to the matter said that it was probable and being studied as to whether or not that would, it was going to be allowed. So we don't have official confirmation yet, but could be a possibility here as we see a lot of, you know, things at play, Tanner, with on the geopolitical and uh, demand front. Yeah, no kidding. Let's pause one more time for a message from our sponsors, and I will jump into my last story of the morning. Since 1922, Mystic Lubricants has been providing superior performance and protection for farmers who demand the most out of their equipment. Today, Mystic continues to develop products in real-world conditions that are specially formulated to meet the unique demands of your specialized machines. They provide advanced protection for engine longevity and are the choice of people who make a living working the land. Learn more about Mystic products at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. Well, Delaney, we know that Hurricane Ian was a substantial storm, and now a surveyor of cattle ranchers in Florida have found that more than 5,800 structures have suffered significant damage. The Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services said they indicated nearly 250 dead animals, and now nearly 260,000 calves are in stressful conditions, awaiting shipment out of the state to feedlots after the giant storm. Ian, of course, made landfall is a Category 4 storm, September 28th. The total infrastructure losses to the beef industry are pegged at nearly $216 million, could be as high as $262 million. They estimate that more than 18,000 ranches in the state with beef cattle will have land issues. The data suggests that 1.63 million animals graze and approximately 6.1 million acres are grazed. And now we just need to get things cleaned up, said the Florida Department of Agriculture. That's not their exact words. Instead, we need to work on rehabilitating 
our land and our livestock facilities, but for the time being, our livestock will need to find homes outside of the area. So it looks like substantial damage there to the beef industry as it relates to Florida from Hurricane Ian. This is going to be an interesting year as we head into 2023, Tanner. A lot of analysts are starting to look at how all of these different factors that happened in 2022 are going to impact the overall food supply chain. And one of those issues, again, that's going to largely impact it probably the most is the shutdown here of the Ukrainian Black Sea. We got official word that insurers are no longer offering cargo insurance coverage for shipments out of Ukraine through the Black Sea corridor since Russia has officially suspended its participation in the grain deal. And so while some shipments did move out uh, before and after the announcement on Saturday, insurers are grappling with a changed risk environment and more uncertainty. So that is not great news. You know, a lot of those ships, I don't know, Tanner, if they can move at all, if they don't have insurance, if it's like car insurance where you have to have it to operate, or if it's just a recommended necessity. I would think if I was the one with ownership of the commodity, I would certainly want my cargo insured. I don't think it's uh, going to, I I have a feeling it's going to have a larger impact if they can't collect their, or at least get insurance assigned. Yes, I would think so too, but hard to say for sure, Tanner. One thing that is not hard to say for sure is weakness in the overnight markets here. We are recording way ahead of opening markets here. So we're just going to give you where the markets are trading here at about 7.30 this morning. Uh Right at about that 14 and a half cent lower mark in December new crop corn at 683. New crop soybeans, Tanner, we now enter into November, um, November expiration. So we're going to start focusing our attention here in the March 23 contract, which today is trading, excuse me, the January contract, which today is trading nine and a half cents lower at 1438. December Chicago wheat down 49 and a half cents. Big weakness again today in the overnight at 8.53. And livestocks yesterday's closing market prices put, put December live cattle 52 and a half cents lower at a buck 51.95. November, excuse me, December, January feeders. I can't get it right today, Tanner. January feeders down a dollar 25 in the overnight at 178.20. And December lean hogs will open 27 and a half cents higher at 85.20. It's really messing me up that we are now officially in November, but here we are. We are. We are in November. And the reason I'm going to continue to bring this up is I know I'm going to forget, but this is the weekend of daylight savings time. So we will fall back this weekend. And that's probably another thing that will screw us up as we try to get through the markets and contracts. That's true. But Tanner, you know, we're here in November. People are getting harvest finished up. You're helping your wife's family finish up their harvest season. And now our attention is starting to turn to fall field work, which I think and also winter heating our houses, I think comes nicely here to talk with Mike Newland of the Propane Education Research Council. Well, listeners, we're really excited to be joined by Michael Newland this morning. Mike is the Director of Agriculture Business Development at the PERC. Mike, introduce yourself a little bit to us and let us know what that title actually entails. 
pleasure being on with you folks. Um, so the director of agriculture business development, PERC, essentially I'm responsible for all things propane across the country as it relates to agriculture. So PERC in general does a few different things. Uh, we are a, uh, an industrial organization and I guess you can think of us like a checkoff program, but, uh, we're responsible for outreach for the industry. Uh, we do all the safety training for the industry and we build all the safety materials that the industry might use in their training as well. Uh, and then one thing that I do and others like me at PERC do is uh, sometimes we do invest in uh, development projects for equipment that could benefit our propane industry. So if there's a new gadget or an engine or something uh, new and innovative for homes, we may uh, evaluate that project and ultimately could invest in the research and development of that project. That is kind of fun to hear. And as most of our listeners are tied pretty closely to the agricultural sector, as we're sitting here mid-harvest, how are you guys looking at industry-wide for supply? Are we seeing any concerns coming down the pipeline for a shortage? You know, we're really not. Uh, we, we look at it uh, daily. Um, we talk about it daily, uh, but we track it and we are well within our five-year um averages as we look at uh inventories on hand and all the all the distribution points. So we're feeling pretty good about where we're at. Uh new numbers just came out today on corn harvest. I'm looking at those as we talk today. Uh so we're making good progress across the Midwest. We're gonna have a break here in the middle of the country from corn harvest for a day or two due to a, a rain event. But um you know we're we're feeling good about harvest where we are uh, we don't feel that there's any surprises really coming at us from a volume standpoint for grain drying. So we're pretty confident in the fact where we stand and what that looks like. You know, really the opportunity for the propane industry to get stressed at harvest time, uh, anymore because we do have such a big volume of propane, but the, but the opportunity for stress really comes as if we would see a large demand at harvest. Uh, for drying corn, but then also have a very early, uh, cold snap, uh, maybe cooler than normal temperatures into the, into the fall months. So, uh, we really don't have that event today. Uh, we don't foresee that event. Um, and based on where corn harvest is, we feel really good about where we are as far as supplies go. And Mike, speaking of harvest, I saw in y'all's release earlier this month that y'all have a grain drying calculator available to farmers. Can you touch a little bit on what that is and how it can help farmers? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a tool that the industry has developed um, and it's it lives on propane.com. We have a grain drying page. So if anybody's interested in in going on there and uh, utilizing that, it's, it's there for anybody to do. Uh, but a couple of years ago, we updated that calculator. We really want folks to plan earlier in the, in the summer months, if you will, for a grain drying season. And, um, you know, I know everybody gets stressed out about how, you know, I just won't know how much propane I'm going to need till I see what the crop's going to do. Well, the calculator is pretty simple tool. It'll take your corn acres, your expected yield and how many points of moisture you expect to take out of that crop as it goes through the grain dryer. And it'll give you a very rough estimate on um, how many gallons of propane you may need. And I, and I constantly remind people, 
it's better to have a plan and adjust the plan as to have no plan at all as we go into fall. So that calculator is developed to help you understand how many gallons of propane you may need and really encourage the conversation between the grower, the farmer, and your local propane supplier and uh, really get those plans started. You know, I would I would argue midsummer. I'll give you a late summer, but boy, beyond that, I'd really like to have everybody have a plan in place for grain drying fuel. Well, that's probably part of the reason we've got this conversation going on today is here we are mid-harvest and time to start pre-planning for winter. And You guys put out a publication that outlines what we can do to start prepping ourselves for the cold weather. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think this time of year, you know, hopefully everybody's got their um, uh, maybe their gallons contracted or at least priced. If you don't, uh, the market's maybe giving you a chance to do that. The price of propane, as it compares to other fuels, remains very uh, favorable for propane. So you've not had a conversation about your propane demand through the winter, even as a homeowner. Uh, the time the time is now to do that. So we'd encourage everybody to to um, have those conversations, to take advantage of any uh, opportunities that may be afforded to you from your local supplier. And then just general things around the farm, you know, insulating, um, things of that nature. Maybe look at some older pieces of equipment that are more efficient. Uh, and um, I guess that probably rolls me into another topic that uh, we're, we're pushing hard as folks are taking a look around the farm uh, you know, there's a lot of equipment bought for the farm in fourth quarter. And uh, I'd, I'd like to encourage everybody to go on propane.com and explore the opportunities for propane. And I, and I say it again, propane's in a very unique place as, a, as it's compared to other energies from a pricing standpoint right now. And um, uh, we're, in a, we're very favorable when you compare us to gasoline and diesel. So as you're looking to make upgrades around the farm. You know, I think everybody thinks about us as far as um, grain drying and building heat, those types of uh, applications. Uh, but we do more than that around the farm and can do more than that around the farm, whether it's uh, running an irrigation engine. Uh, we actually have some weed control tools that run on propane as well. Maybe it's just a new mower for the, for the farm, zero-turn mower, and those opportunities uh, from a number of companies to run on propane as well. So uh, those are more cost efficient than running it on gasoline. We'd encourage everybody to take a look. And I think the best place to start would be propane.com and uh, just look around at what opportunities lie there as far as equipment goes. And speaking of those opportunities, Mike, I want to touch on a little bit of the future of PERC. And I know you mentioned a little bit about diesel and gas and supply chain issues. With all of these issues we're facing, what opportunities in the future does propane have to overcome and maybe even outweigh the decisions that consumers are making to use diesel or gas? Yeah, there's some really cool things going on within our industry. Um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, we, we do produce a lot of propane. We're exporting. Uh, over 50%, pushing 60% of the available propane today goes overseas. So we've got a big opportunity to expand the use of that fuel here and keep those gallons here. Um, I think people listening would be very interested in the fact that uh, uh, an engine company here in the U.S., Cummins, has introduced a propane version of one of their very popular 
base engines. Um, folks in agriculture are very familiar with a 6.7 liter inline six engine. Uh, it's used in a number of pieces of agriculture equipment, but most notably in the Ram uh, three-quarter and one-ton diesel trucks. They announced uh, February 14th they're going to be offering that engine in a propane version. And where we think that has a tremendous fit is going to be on fleet vehicles, talking about uh, beverage delivery type vehicles, school buses. So we have a big school bus push currently with our current engines in the propane line. And I think that's just going to expand having that 6.7 liter Cummins engine available to the bus manufacturers. I think that'll just increase our market share. So a really cool time for us at Perk and a great partnership with Cummins. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you sharing with our listeners just a little bit of a tease. If they want to find out more about your group, how's the best way for them to look you guys up? I think the best place to find all things about Perk is go to propane.com. Propane.com is all things Related to the propane industry, there's all kinds of learning opportunities there. There's residential sections to explain all the things that are available for the homeowner, uh, all the way up to agriculture and heavy industrial uses. So I think propane.com is the place for all things propane. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it again. Thank you for jumping on the podcast with us. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Lenny, that was a fun conversation. I, I selfishly like doing a, quite a few of these interviews because I learn right alongside our listeners. And Mike was a wealth of information. And I have a feeling if there's ever news of a propane shortage, which he alludes to there not ever being, uh, we will get him back on because he was a great conversation. Absolutely, Tanner. But we've got lots of great conversations planned here over the next few days of the Ag News Daily Podcast. So folks, stay tuned with us and follow along with us on social media. Maybe we'll share a few photos of Tanner out in the grain cart or semi today. I guess I don't know what you're doing, Tanner. Yep, I'll be trucking. I'll be sitting behind the steering wheel of a semi. So uh, pictures will not be that exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to all of our listeners who are still finishing up Harvest, thanks for tuning in with us this Harvest season. And what do you say, Tanner? We'll see everybody tomorrow. Should we let them go? Let's let them go.